We've reached the first week of the Steelers preseason. They're going to play at the end of the week, but heading into it, we want to talk about the offensive line. I brought a longtime guy who I've always read, I've always respected, and always learned the game from. Jim Wexel is going to join the show here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, talking a lot about the offensive line and Omar Khan. I'm Chris Carter, your host. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on the video. To If you're enjoying it, hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes. We thank you for making us your first podcast listen every day. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. As I said before. We're introducing an esteemed guest. We have my man, Jim Wexel. If you don't know him, you better. He's the Steel City Insider at 24-7 Sports. He wrote the book Polamalu. You can buy that at shop.steelers.com slash Polamalu. You can also check him out at jimwexel.com. Jim, how long have you been on the beat? Because I've always just known you're there. (laughs) Okay, you're going to make me say this. (laughs) This is the stuff you try to keep off of resumes. You know what I mean? (laughs) 28 years. This is my 28th year. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So wait, that's, that's 1994. If my math is 95, they brought me in so that they, I could provide them luck for the next generation of Super Bowls. Yeah. They, after they, after they lost one, they, they, they've won two since you've been there. So that's pretty awesome. So Jim is a guy who knows the team, knows the inside. He's been around this rodeo several times. He's seen all the the battles. So he's not a person who's going to just just re- just flinch and react to every little thing at camp. He's not going to read into too many stats about who punted further or who threw the ball further <laughs> in a training camp practice. But Jim, we now have had two full weeks of training camp practices. We've seen these guys. They've been in pads. They've been physical. We just watched their most recent practice on Saturday at UPMC uh, Sports Complex. We, we've seen this offensive line now. And you and I are kind of on the consensus. The most improved guy on this team, on this line right now, is Dan Moore Jr. He's been going up against Alex Highsmith day in and day out. And, Jim, what about him is making him look so good? Because in my eyes, I'm like, he looks like a different kind of player than last year. It's confidence. It's confidence. I I mean, you know all about that. Look at you. You know about confidence, (laughs) what it it can do for a man. I mean, you know, he struggled last year and people were saying, boy, they, they got to get a new left tackle. I said, are you kidding me? This kid, this, this kid, this young man's a rookie and played 17 of 18 games, counting mm-hmm. the playoff game. You're going to learn. Yep. You're going to learn and you're going to get confident. And, and that, <laughs> that has really manifested itself this year in an mm-hmm. aggressive, aggressive left tackle. Hey, you know, it's good enough sometimes just to get a passive guy over there who can pass block, right? Right. Uh, but when you get that aggressive run blocking to mix with a pass blocker, and it's still there are still going to be struggles, of course, second year. But you're looking at a guy. I talked to Max Starks about him. I said, "How long do you think he's going to be here, Max?" He goes, well, eight years." I go, "Max, you're in the media now. We say decade, decade <laughs> and a half. He's going to be there fifteen years." There you go. And Max said, "Okay, I, I, I'm feeling that." 
so he's going to be a decades guy. You know what I mean? He's going to be there for left tackle for a long time, in my opinion. And I'm sure they're going to afford to re-sign a guy like that. They they know what they're doing at, at mm-hmm. key positions like that. You don't just find left tackles in the fourth round. Oh, well, they did. And that, <laughs> that was the beauty of that draft, finding a decades-long left tackle in the fourth round. And, and I, I think he's that guy. I, I think he can be too. Um, if, if you guys aren't believing us with our progress, we I, I actually caught up with him uh, Saturday during the practice. I asked him about his battle with Alex Highsmith because Jim, as you were there to see last year, he was just getting ragdolled by Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith was just beating him up and down the field every, every rep. But now it's a lot more of a back and forth. These guys are going at it. Yeah. They're learning from each other. Um, I asked Alex Highsmith about that a week ago in camp and brought it on the show. But here's Dan Moore talking about that and uh, what Pat Meyer has gotten out of him in progress so far in camp. You and Alex Hasbeth were rivals last year, and now you're rivals this year. Going, it seems like you're trading on and off a lot with him. What have you seen in yourself that's allowed you to kind of get more? I get more more competition with him this year. It seems like you guys are back and forth. Yeah, um, I mean it's just part of development, I guess. Uh, Learning the game, um, obviously knowing him as a teammate. He's working different things. I'm working different things. Just having a competitive spirit. What has Pat helped you work on to, to get you? Because you look a lot more comfortable with your hand strikes, your foot placement, and anchoring yourself. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because that's exactly what he's helping me with. His hands. <laughs> um, he's helped me play more on my insteps. So that's that's gotten that's gotten me better in anchoring and being more in sync in the ground, and also being my, my hands being in conjunction with my feet. You're gonna. So there you have Dan Moore talking about the very things that Pat Meyer. And it's funny because I was asking, like, hey, these are the things I'm seeing. He's like, that's what we've been working on. And to me, Jim, whenever I hear that from an offensive lineman, it's like, hey, I knew my weaknesses. Coach helped me identify them, and we are working on them. And as you're saying, we're seeing those things addressed in camp. I, I think that goes a long way to our expectations for where he can grow into that decades-long offensive tackle the Steelers need for their next era of offense. It's it's funny the way you put that, and it made me think of the introduction you made of me being there 28 years. One of the important things is I know what I don't know. Exactly. And Dan obviously knew what he didn't know and worked on that stuff. He was also working with Duke Mannyweather, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. he's the current O-line whisperer out there, yeah, right? He so he went down and worked with him, and, and you could see Dan's enthusiasm, Dan's intelligence, and on a selfish note, that's going to help you and I yes. over the, uh, for years to come. This is going to be an enthusiastic, helpful, intelligent, insightful, uh, productive guy to go to. Well, not just a cornerstone. You know, we all know what left tackle means to an offense. It's a mm-hmm. cornerstone position. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be a cornerstone in the locker room. You could just see that all over him. He's going to grow into that leader. And boy, not only did this team lose an offensive line, a skilled, precise offensive line when it lost Pouncey, DeCastro, Foster, Villanueva, mm-hmm. uh, and we can go back to Marcus Gilbert. Yep. They they lost leaders. Yeah. Re- real leaders. I mean, uh, you know, there's no messing around. Stinks start messing around. Those are the guys that step up. They, you know, you don't mess around. You don't waste Dave DeCastro's time, right? You're not going to waste Dan Moore's time either. I, you know, I get impression. It's 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 too hard, and so I, I'm just going to use wide out as an example. Some wide out is slacking <laughs> off in practice. Dan Moore is going to be the guy to step up and say, "Right, don't be wasting my time. This is hard." So he's going to be one of those guys. So it's it's beyond 
and I really don't know enough about O-line play as well as you do. You guys are talking about hand placement. That's not my <laughs> interview. You know, I'm going to ask Max Starks, what do you think of his hand placement? So, uh, and, and, uh, but Max was, uh, when I asked Max about Dan Moore, he was mostly impressed with his aggressiveness and mm-hmm. man, you got to love that on a team that really wants to establish the run. So absolutely absolutely and, and it's funny the like one of the first days of camp i bumped into craig wolfley and he was just sitting there salivating over dan moore jr's like that kid's gonna be special chris that kid's gonna be special i'm telling you once he gets that foot that, that footwork that he was one of the people that pointed out he just needs to get his anchor steps a little bit better so he can stay center of gravity when he wants to use his long arms for a strike because dan moore is big he can like he he has that he just needs to develop the i think the especially the pat the, the pass protection technique to be able to say hey let's keep this guy this this edge rusher from getting in side on my frame let's keep my frame clear and then let's watch for the different pass rush moves and i think there's very few people in the nfl not named tj watt uh who could who could give you similar reps at a young age like alex highsmith is that's the thing highsmith's looking to prove himself in his third year of his contract so uh you know there's 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 a lot that's going on there that's a healthy battle and both these guys are growing from it but i want to talk about other guys in the offensive line we'll do that in just a second here on the locked on steelers podcast but first we got to talk to you guys about dave now if you don't know about dave 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 is a banking app that's here to help you manage your day-to-day budgets and paycheck-to-paycheck situations whenever you need to kind of figure out how am I going to pay for these different things. It, and when you they have this this feature called Extra Cash. Extra Cash is a feature in the Dave banking app that can get you up to $500 instantly. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle the expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest or credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with Extra Cash. So if you're in a pinch, you need some extra help, go download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. That's download Dave, the Dave app, D-A-V-E, Dave, from the App Store right now. Sign up for extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to Dave.com slash legal. That's Dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Jim Wexel. We're talking about the Steelers' offensive line. Jim, we've seen growth at a number of positions. Dan Moore Jr. has kind of been the guy that stood out, but we've seen Kendrick Green look more comfortable at guard than he did. He has a center in my book. We've seen Kevin Dotson look more comfortable at guard than he did last year. He talked. We talked about him in mini camp. He said, "Well, hey, I wasn't comfortable at left guard because I was mostly used to right right guard, and that was just not my sign of strength. Now I'm getting the muscle memory down. I want to let I want to let this this clip play of Kevin." Dotson answering when I asked him what's better about his game and then I want to get your thoughts on that here's Kevin Dotson from Saturday seeing you use your hands and see you come out it does look like you're finding your fit how have you felt your your progress through camp I definitely feel like every day I've been getting a little better getting a little more confident in actually throwing the hand uh you know just getting into that groove of okay getting that steady movement that steady um you know, muscle memory type thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's kind of what, what I've been getting into. It seems like a big, big thing for you. When you get your hands on somebody, that's when that's when you see more balance. What kind of stuff have you worked with Pat to help kind of get that focus in and make sure that muscle memory is there? We do a lot of stuff off of just sets on air. If you can feel yourself, you can hear your rhythm. You can hear how you setting. You can tell if you're off by the way that your feet hit the ground. You can hear how it hits. If something is off, you'll be able to tell. And that's something I learned from off-season training and
t- listen, listening to Kevin there, it does seem like there is a confidence there. But I, I thought it was really interesting how he brought how he brought up um, the you know the, the the cadence, the timing, the rhythm of when my feet go, when my feet get hit the ground, and, and the timing of that. That is stuff that takes years to develop. It took David Castro, Marquise Pouncey, that crew that you were talking about. It took them years to bring that together. Is that something that we could start to see a semblance of, of this young offensive line? Or do you think that's something that's still a little further down the line for us to see real progress and getting that synergy again? I think it's exciting that we're talking about individual talents. That next step is something (laughs) that, you know, putting it all together. It takes time. uh, It takes time. Well, Hey, you know, when it comes together, they'll look at you and say, it doesn't take that. It's overrated. We give you that. Right. We give right. you media guys that stuff. And then when it's not working, then they'll use it. So it just matters what happens. It could, it could, you know, but again, I, 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 step by step, uh, the left guard position has to come around and Kevin has to become that left guard because he was a right guard his whole life. Right. And I think that was a serious a problem it might be strong but it it was something it was a serious it was a thought challenge. it it was definitely a challenge and it was something for us to ask him about and he this year is saying you know I'm not talking about that anymore I'm not a right guard I'm a left guard and mm-hmm. the more you guys bring that stuff up uh, I I'm forgetting it I, I I can't I can't think about that there is no problem going from right my whole life to becoming a left guy cuz I am a left guy now and I've got to deal with it so it seems like his mindset is where it should be. And physically, we've we've always seen what he can bring physically. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, the first day of pads, I believe? Or yes. might have been the second, but it was a run, run, team run. Mm-hmm. A- and, you know, the uh, it was the first day they put steak and lobster up for, <laughs> for, for the winner <laughs> in the yes. cafeteria dinner of seven shots. And the defense went wild and they were frothing at the mouth and they were still frothing when team run came around and uh, miles Jack stuffed Benny hell, uh, Benny Snell in the hole for uh, a zero gain twice. And then Benny gained two yards and cam tackled him. And, and Benny's talking smack about his two yard mm-hmm. gain mm-hmm. and cam just went ballistic. He went, he Benny Snell needed the whole defense to hold cam Hayward back because <laughs> Cam was not having. I mean, you see, they're pulling his jersey. He's like, "No, no, let me at him. I'm coming to get him." That that we were all like, "Oh snap, Benny better run, man!" Like that you was know, crazy. There was no. Maybe Benny Snell said, "Hey, you already won your steak and lobster. Take it easy, man." <laughs> and, and so the next play was a jet sweep to to uh, Calvin yes. Austin. TJ tackles him in the in the back in the backyard, mm-hmm. and and. and, and Kind of give him a little extra business. Yeah, he, he going he down. Him, he kind of like straddled him a little bit, getting he stepped well, stepped over him. Calvin didn't like that either. Well, that was in case the rookie was thinking about you know the defense was going to take it easy once they already won their steak and lobster. So <laughs> Calvin didn't appreciate that, and TJ went ballistic, and mm-hmm. you know the defense is frothing at the mouth, and in comes the second team, and they think they're going to do the same thing, right? So there's a there's a short gain maybe by Warren was the running back. Mm-hmm. Kevin Dotson, who's for whatever reason, is still the second team left guard. Uh, I know they're all they're rotating. But yeah, they're rotating a lot. Yeah, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But uh, Kevin came up and pushed the pile, and it just kept moving. What was it? Five, mm-hmm. six, seven. I remember that play. They ten just, yards. They just, they just, it just kept going. <laughs> That's your Kevin Dotson, and boy, then he's opening holes. Uh, I believe uh, yesterday he blew open a hole for McFarland. 
I'm sorry we're not supposed to talk about specifics from a close yeah. practice. But... Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but you you see him blowing open holes every now and then, and the running backs taking advantage of it. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing here is the Steelers, they need anchor guys. They need like just strong points like, hey, you're going to be able to take on that big defensive tackle in the hole, move them, and get the create the space for the running backs and for other, everyone else to kind of work. You know, And Kevin Donson is still in that 50-50 battle with Kendrick Green. We're seeing them rotate at the left guard position. Kendrick Green, I thought, has also uh, you know looked looked better this year and more comfortable at his guard position than, it, than he was at, at, at center. But, Jim, I just, you know, it's tough to say where both of they are at when we're not at uh, at, at a preseason game where we've seen yeah. both of them take, go, take reps yeah. side by side. But I do get a sense that this is actually a real competitive battle here and not just, you know, these guys both are bad at their jobs and they're just the only ones available oh, right no. now. I, I think these are two athletic, physical dudes who are just showing who can be the most physical while being the most technical in following what Pat Meyer's trying to teach. I know they want to be fair and give Kendrick his proper due. Mm -hmm. And I hope he does because he's still in the developmental stage. He can still be uh, a valuable, versatile inside player for them for a long time. But I think that job's Kevin Dyson's in my humble opinion. And as you know, I don't need the patience of a coach. I I say, and it makes sense when I write a columnist is, Hey, put Kevin Dyson in there so we can get on with what we talked about was the next step. And that's cohesion yeah. with it, with the group. And it, I know they want to do this right, but I, 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 I just see them wasting some time with not using Kevin Dyson when, when they never, when they don't use Kevin Dyson on the front line, uh, I, I just think they're wasting a little bit of time. Yeah, I think Dotson's going to be – I think Dotson's going to end up being the guy. But it's one of those tough things where you see potential in two guys and you only got one spot and you're trying to figure out who can best fit that spot because you went and got James Daniels. Neither of them are going to take his spot. Mason Cole's your center. Dotson's not a center. You tried it with 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 uh, with Kendrick last year. It didn't work out. So now you're just in a really tough spot. But, hey, sometimes that kind of pressure can make diamonds for the Steelers. We'll see if it does on the offensive line. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, Omar Khan is now officially three extensions into his <laughs> tenure of being the Pittsburgh Steelers general manager. Jim saw a lot of the years of Kevin Colbert and pre-Kevin Colbert in his time. I want to get Jim's thoughts on how Omar Khan is doing to start his time here. I think he's on fire right now. We'll talk about that in just a sec. But first, we got to talk about BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. With the NFL but around the corner, you know the NBA and the NHL are coming right after them. You can get all your props, your odds, your lines, betting lines on the season. You want to get preseason bets in. You want to get you know make season-long bets. Go to BetOnline.net. They'll let you know the best ones that are available to you the, the, the different ways that you can make money betting on your team your favorite players and also of course if you want to bet on major league baseball that's available there as well betonline.net your number one source and for all your sports waging information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action when you visit bet online where the game starts Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Jim Wexel. We just got, talked a lot about the offensive line and the progress they're making, but let's take a step back. Let's look at Omar Khan. Um, I talked last week about Deontay Johnson getting his extension, Chris Boswell getting his extension. We knew about Mika Fitzpatrick. That happened as they were breaking minicamp. But now these are three extensions that got these guys paid. Mink is, all three of them are happy. 
Um, but it hasn't broken the Steelers, and these were three important players in my mind. Mika Fitzpatrick, to me, is the future of this secondary. He's the X factor back there, the closest thing they've had to Troy Polamalu since Troy Polamalu. I, I think he could put himself in that conversation if he continues the path that he's on uh, for being a great safety. Um, Chris Boswell. Also on a crazy trajectory for being a kicker. I talked about a couple weeks ago and again last week about how he could be, you know, a Hall of Fame kicker if he keep if he stays on this trajectory for as long as the Adam Vinatieri's, the Morton Andersons have, you know, were, were on their careers. But then you get Deontay Johnson last week. You get him. Everyone was saying, "Oh, 25 million, 20 million. He's going to want all this money, Jim. He, he, there's no way they can pay him what he wants because he just wants all the money." And then they pay him like around 18.3 million dollars year for only a two-year extension that's friendly to the team and lets Deontay go back into the market if he wants to at the end of the deal it seems to me like Omar Khan is off to a red hot start as a Steelers GM balancing the budget making solid moves to keep solid veterans and key positions in place what is your take on how he's handled this early because you you also saw the start of Kevin Colbert's career well I I think sometimes we want to Mix up titles, mix up roles. Uh, you know, I don't know that Omar's doing anything different than in his former role as vice president business administration. Right. In theory, there are three heads who report to Art Rooney, too. Mm-hmm. The coach, yep. general manager, and the business manager. So I don't know that Omar has gained that much power. Kevin's power has obviously diminished. Omar doesn't have to worry about another voice definitely has to worry about the coach's voice of course and frankly the coach has always run the pittsburgh steelers Mm -hmm. tom donahoe put that to the test and he found out it's still true and i believe it's still true the coach is in charge but uh, now omar uh last year the key was i think the key to these extensions was tj watt last year Mm. the guaranteed money they were the last team to guarantee a majority of a of a big contract right and they did it with tj and so now it's easier it was easier for the the precedent has been set they could do it the fact that they're doing these so early Mm -hmm. is just it's just perfect for uh, many reasons on many levels and the fans are satisfied and obviously hey maybe i'm missing something about omar but i think omar is benefiting from something he's always wanted to do yeah. And he finally got the okay with TJ and now it's precedent and they can do it. But uh, I, who, whoever idea was to give DJ a sh- smaller contract, convince him to continue with his hundred catch seasons, like an AB mm-hmm. a- 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 and then break the bank wide open to get those kind of Debo Samuel uh, DK Metcalf dollars that we knew. I may I can't speak for you, but I thought we in the media and fan base knew he's probably not worth that right. yet. Yes. But it's some of us who are who who understand what DJ means to that offense mm-hmm. as a guy who can get open on th- critical third downs. That's a guy who can get open. That's a guy a quarterback can rely on to get open in a curl on third and five. You know. He knows how to do that. He's got that magic that mm-hmm. a Claypool doesn't, that a Pickens, of course, as a rookie, doesn't yet. The superstardom awaits those two big fellas. But they're getting that, getting that, getting that AB open. 
reliability where the quarterback can even watch him run the route the whole way and still mm-hmm. go to him and rely on that third and six completion. Now, DJ hasn't consistently caught everything. Right. It's not as bad as people want to believe because mm-hmm. he was on a drops list. I, I forget what who made the list. And he was uh, at near the top, if not at the top, two years ago. And so he has this reputation now. And maybe he he, he dropped a couple key passes last year, but the receiver's going to do that. They're all going to do that. Jerry Weiss, Weiss dropped a couple. There were more drops were had last year by Cooper Cup, Jam, uh, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, the, m- many of the big name wide receivers. I've done this a million times on the shot because I've Love ran it. through this list. He he had eight drops. There were people who had 12. So for all those other superstar wide receivers, y'all think, oh, yeah, give them all the big money. Deontay had, had a, a lower drop rate and lowered less drops than all of them. He also had the second most targets in the league. So if you think it's, oh, well, he just, did, he just didn't have enough targets. If he was targeted more, he'd have dropped all those passes. No, he was targeted among the most in the NFL last year by Ben Roethlisberger. So to your point, the, the downsides of Deontay aren't as low as people make them out to be. But we both agree th- there was a hard question for the Steelers to answer. If he really did want $25 million a year, 20-something million dollars a year, that was going to be tough to justify. But 18.3 for a couple years, they can stomach that while they're not paying a quarterback ridiculous money. Uh, you know, we know how important – DJ is as I, I went how important he is uh, and he's going to set guys no, Pickens had to go through camp there that a week or or you know however many days when Claypool's been out mm-hmm. as the number one and guess what it's not as easy Rook is it we know right. you're talented yeah. we know you could do it all but they're all dogging you back there those are veterans in that secondary mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, a new quarterback so I think we were all uh, you and I, guys like you and I, who, who understand how much how valuable DJ was to that offense. We're wondering if this is going to linger throughout the entire camp. Is this going to be a problem all year? You know, the guy may not be worth Debo Samuel money, but he's worth something. He's worth a lot. Mm-hmm. So if if oh if it was Omar who convinced him or or, or pushed this shorter deal to to make the big money in a couple of years. Uh, th- then Omar deserves all the kudos. It, it's not like the Steelers to to look for these short deals and, and do right. what they just did with him. So it's great. And but I think the bigger person in all this was DJ. I agree. It was very clear that he's like, hey, I wasn't looking at other people's pockets. I just wanted to get what was good for me. I wanted to make sure I was secure. Those are, I think, are the important things here when you look at how the Steelers handle this situation and how Deontay Johnson handled. He's always a humble guy, soft-spoken. He's not trying to, you know, be the biggest man in the room. He's just trying to do his job and and be there for his teammates. And he even said, hey, I was bored at training camp doing this stuff. It's, it's, not, like, it's not like I wanted to just sit out and do these things. I wanted to get in there. I wanted to develop that rapport with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and, all these, and Mason Rudolph and these these guys that's where i think there is a really good sign from it but back to omar for a second i, I thought you bring up a good point if mike tomlin is the guy that's saying hey this is the direction that we got to go as a team it pays to have uh, have a guy who's been known as the numbers mastermind to say hey let's make this work for us as best as we can and do something that'll make him happy because he'll see these numbers and he'll like them too if omar khan if that's just simply his role if he's not the guy that's scouting everything and and figuring out what players they want that's fine as long as you're making sure that when the Steelers do have those decisions in play that you're 
maximizing the career financially uh, for a Steeler to stay on the team and not, you know, breaking the budget of the roster that makes you miss out on other players. That is where you that that is where the Steelers need a general manager to to make it work. Um, and you know, early on, Omar Khan. I also say the the timing of Minka Fitzpatrick's deal that that was something like TJ that could have gone into training camp. They could have gone past training camp where we were waiting, and then it's like September. It came along when TJ got his extension. The timing of Minka's extension. From all accounts, you know, we listened to our lock, our guys on Locked On Bengals, J Jake and James over there. They're saying that extension ruined the Jesse Bates situation for them, and he's not showing up to camp, and now he's not. And I mean, that's it. Whether or not it was intentional, that's an impact of them getting that deal done right away. That's win-win all the way down the line, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're the, if you're a Steelers fan, you're sitting here like, wait, we got the two the the only two-time All-Pro safety out there from the from from the recent classes, and we pushed off the the Bengals' best safety off off there. He's on, he's in a holdout right now. He's not showing up for his franchise tag. For me, that's a double win. That's a triple win when you, when you look at it. So Omar Khan. Whether or not this has just been an early reaction of a knee jerk of a, hey, you know what? He he signed these three extensions. It's only been a few months and we don't want to judge it too long. I I think he's starting off very strong. And all he needed to do to start off strong was to keep carrying the torch that has been there for the Steelers front office for the past de several decades. Because Kevin Cobra, I think they set the right pace. Omar Khan watched that pace for almost two decades. And now he's like, hey, there's a blueprint. I just want to add my little wrinkles to it. And we're going to keep moving forward. Uh, you know, there's something to be said, and, and Mike Tomlin showed this as an example when he came in, was hired, and let Dick LeBeau continue to run the defense. There's a lot of stories going around about who runs the defense, and I, Mike actually told Dick what to do. That was Dick LeBeau running that defense, and mm -hmm. Mike put his ego aside and let it happen. Omar's letting this stuff happen as it, it, he's letting the flow happen. So many times we block ourselves from success by thinking that, well, I, I ought to establish my own way of doing things or change things to show everybody it's now me in charge. Right. Uh, there's a lot of, and a lot of it precedent was set by Omar back when mm -hmm. he was the business administrator. Mm -hmm. So uh, Omar's not getting in, in the way. He has a, a egoless approach that will allow him to get along with Mike Tomlin. You know, you go back to, again, Donahoe Cower. That wasn't the case. Uh, perhaps Cower had a bigger ego than Mike Tomlin did and uh, wanted to bully his way into getting his things his way, where Tom Donahoe wanted to be the GM. I'm running the talent evaluation here. They both put their resignations on the table and forced Dan Rooney to pick one, and he picked the coach. It's what they do in the Steelers organization that reestablished the coaches in charge. And so Kevin Colbert did not have an ego, easy to work with. Mike Tomlin, easy to work with. But, I mean, he's at all the pro days. He's Mike Tomlin is thick in the talent evaluation. Oh, he's, yes. not, he's just not one of those coaches that relied on the GM. And now Omar comes in, replaces Kevin Colbert, a real talent evaluator. Omar's more business guy with enough savvy uh, of uh, talent evaluation to bring in the guy from the Eagles, to run the talent evaluation. That guy reports to Omar. So uh, it, but Omar's not the talent evaluator, but enough savvy to know what Mike Tomlin wants, to listen to the guy he just hired and put it all together uh, because he knows where, how the cat puzzle fits all together too. Right, right. So and, and, and there's one less guy in the equation and Omar firms it all up. He's like, I don't know if you ever saw the big Lebowski. <laughs> 
That, that carpet really tied the room together. Yeah. <laughs> Omar's really tying the room together, right? So I agree. I, I, I'm not giving him all the credit, but I don't want to not give him the credit. I, I'm, I hope I'm defining. Uh, I think how you're doing. Yeah, you, I hear you. Without um, uh, demeaning him or overpraising him, uh, there's a lot to be said for letting the flow happen and not getting in your own way mm -hmm. of success. And mm -hmm. Omar's doing a great job of tying the room together. I agree with that. Jim, thanks so much. I love hearing your insight. I'm glad we finally got you on Locked On Steelers. We look forward to doing that a lot more often as this season goes on. Jim, let people can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Awesome, Chris. Hey, it's great being on your show. I, I watch it, and uh, you, you know I'm a fan of your work, and congratulations on your new assignment with the Post-Gazette. That's Thank awesome. Much. That's Thank awesome. You, I, I'm hoping we'll still see you around. Oh, oh, trust me. I'm keeping locked on Steelers, and I've made it clear. As long as I'm getting my work done with the Post-Gazette on covering Pitt, I'll be, I'll be covering Steelers. So you'll see me for the rest of training camp. And then, as you all know, Pitt and the Steelers share a training facility. So <laughs> I'll be around okay. when I, when, you know, plenty of time. So don't worry. You will see plenty of me at the Steelers facility. Cool. Well, uh, I'm at Steel City Insider. That's CBS 247 Sports. We're having a big sale going on right now, 50% off. And it's great. We have a lot of insight in the uh, – inside information behind the paywall at, at uh, steel city insider and uh i wrote the polamalo book i highly suggest uh reading that recommend that especially it's Absolutely. not a kid's book but i think every kid every young steeler fan needs to have this book in his library mm -hmm. uh, troy polamalo's biography need i say any more learn the great ways of the great the a great person yeah uh, and i've got a book coming out uh the history of the steelers draft on the clock Pittsburgh Steelers draft that's coming out November 1st. Oh. It's, it's a storytelling of, of all, you know, there's more storytelling of the older players and more. How did they arrive at this draft decision on the newer players? Oh, wow. So it's a history of all the top guys. You know, what really went on with Kevin Colbert and Tom Brady. Do you know, Tom Brady was at Michigan when Kevin Colbert was in Michigan Oh, and there was a lot of ties there. And Kevin Colbert still says, you know, it's going to say on my tombstone. <laughs> I, I passed on Tom Brady. <laughs> but, hey, not ahead. everyone can be. No, I was saying not everyone can be perfect. But Jim, it's that kind of stuff. Why I love listening yeah. to you talk, man, because you Thanks, know your man. stuff. Thanks, I appreciate it, Chris. Same with you and future success. It's all coming to you. I can see it, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah. He's Jim Wexel. Follow him on Twitter at Jim Wexel to get all this stuff. Do check out all their stuff at Steel City Insider 24 7 Sports with CBS. They do amazing work. You, you do want to subscribe. So get, take advantage of that 50% off deal while you get the chance. I'm Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm also of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette covering Pitt Athletics for them. So that will be starting up around the 15th is my first day there. So pretty excited for that. But in the meantime, you can check out me on the Locked On Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Like, like this, like the this video if you enjoy the show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our breaking news content wherever we got it. Camp starts back up Monday. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be there covering it. There, we'll see you then right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, breaking things down even some more.